Today's episode of The Wretched Hive is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's H-I-V-E. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to The Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisler Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Well, Solo has been out for two weeks now, and uh, wow, it has been a huge couple of weeks in the Star Wars universe, and we are thrilled to talk some Star Wars tonight with you, because you have found the Wretched Hive podcast for Friday, June 8th, 2018, episode 63. My name is Steve Baldwin, and the entire Hive, well, hopefully, will be here tonight. We're going to start it off. With the Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent. Stevie B, so good to be here tonight, but it is a little bittersweet because it is the end of Star Wars fandom. You know, it's it's all over from here. We're done. Finished. Finito. It is the final episode of The Wretched Hive. It's been fun. 60-some-odd episodes, but this is it. We are out. Guys, thanks so much for being on the show all this time. Really appreciate it. <laughs> wait, wait. wait. I know. <laughs> Where is the record in the friggin' needle? What is going on? Uh, well, you know, if you, if you read some stuff on the internet, you would think that Star Wars was imploding and was done. Yeah, yeah. Yes, well, I'm here. we're going to talk about that and more. Did I go too far? Was I, was I, was that too much? Uh, no, I, I think you're, I think you're dead on. This might be the last episode. I thought we were done. No, we're not done. We're not going anywhere. Are you kidding me? We're in, we're in it for life, man. Once you're in this game, you're in it for life. Wait a minute. If we talked about The Last Jedi for four and a half months, (laughs) we got a good four and a half months if Star Wars is over right now. That's a really excellent point. Also on the show tonight, he is a lifelong Star Wars fan. Scotty Vansky. Oh, my God. Thank you, Steve. Uh, I feel empowered tonight. I survived the traffic of LAX. And you know what? I got to say this. God damn it, I needed a Millennium Falcon at that point. It was horrible, but I'm here. I made it, and uh, I'm excited. Awesome. We got some solo talk. Yeah. Just for for our listeners, because I know not all of our listeners are from our Southern California home base area, but I'm trying to think of how I can explain... LAX traffic to you, and uh, Indiana Jones has defeated like a boulder. <laughs> he's, de- he's defeated, you know, chilled monkey brains. He defeated the Guardian oh, of the Grail. Yeah, he survived a nuclear explosion by hiding in a refrigerator. But I'm telling you right now, he would run screaming like a little girl from LAX traffic. <laughs> no chance. It's pretty much everybody's nightmare. It's like, can you take me to the airport? Ugh. God, let, let me just. I think say- I'm busy that day. I didn't tell you when it was. Well, I'm busy that day. People would rather drive to what is the uh, Ontario airport than drive to LAX. Right. right. It took me. Okay, the freeway gives you uh, like an estimated time to certain locations. Right. From Long Beach to LAX, I actually saw the sign "20 minutes to LAX." I was like, "That's pretty impressive." I made it there in 18 minutes. I made it back in 18 minutes. 
But think about, do the calculations. I left at 7.50 and it's 10 o'clock recording time right now. So how, yeah. I, don't, I don't, the math doesn't, math is hard. Math he, continues he got, to be he, got, he crossed the boundary line into LAX territory and then it just went to complete shit. Oh, yeah, I, I, oh so you were in the horseshoe for like two hours. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. My god. Oh my god. All right. And in the horseshoe is not some weird pornographic term. <laughs> that's... <laughs> Well, tonight it might be. Hopefully sometime on tonight's show, the captain of the will join us. He's uh, due to be here, but uh, was he's in not. The horseshoe. Has, he's in the horseshoe at LAX. Uh, no, he's just in the horseshoe, the we, other horseshoe. And seriously, we hope to have Nico uh, join us. He It did indicate that he um, was going to come on. I said, come on. And then he called me, okay, mother. So whatever. I don't know. He's in a mood. It might be in a mood. That might be. That He's might a millennial. Go. That's not a surprise. <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> That's so normal. true. Thank you, Dave. I was going and to finally. Now, why do I surround myself with fools? <laughs> we that have. Is so true. You tin tongue dolt. I'm talking about my patience, not my body. Dave. Listen, I am not nice. I am not kind, and I am not wonderful. Under. No circumstances. Brainless idiots. You couldn't even beat a motley group of gnomes. Shh. <laughs> Is that Skeletor? Should you ever. Don'ts, halfwits. And I mean. Little fools, if you think you can stop me. Ah! You overgrown alley cat. Call him. You furry coward. Harry. Don'ts, halfwits. <laughs> Come in, you royal boob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. <laughs> Potter. Hey, it's great to be here tonight, everybody. <laughs> Did we miss the Potter? Did we really? No, I threw it out there. I think it was muffled by you, Harry boob. <laughs> That would muffle it as I think about it. Oh, that, was, that was Skeletor, actually, Dave. Thank you for noticing. And I'm sorry I screwed it up. I, re- I replayed one of the clips. I, re- I, I feel like we should edit that post. But it oh. like we'll, fix it. <laughs> we'll, fix, we'll fix it in the special edition podcast. Now that we're going to be off the air after this episode, we're going to have to resort to re-releases with minor editorial differences. So <laughs> thank you to my favorite Rebel scum, Steve Baldwin, for the lovely introduction. We are 5 by 5 because the Millennial Falcon looks like he logged in in the middle of a Skeletor rant. So that's exciting. I am. Uh, I have been uh, trying to relax in what little free time I have by watching sporting events, and I have decided it is probably time to jump off the Golden Knights bandwagon at this point. <laughs> I want to be on the leading edge of that before it becomes really obvious that it's a problem. Wow, what a run, though. I mean, yeah, they just dominated every series they went into until they faced the, uh, the Washington Capitals, who were, you know, all rec- they're not a good team. They're really not. Are we happy for Ovechkin? Uh no he's a he's a he's he's a douchebag uh screw screw Ovechkin mm. stupid Rusky mm. he's a Putin lover screw him right in the Putin <laughs> <laughs> all right Nico have you joined the show I think so hey there he is yeah loud and clear welcome oh really welcome in and uh, I'll just end I this by call you Wimplash. <laughs> If uh, if you've got a hairy boob, call us on the Wretched Hive Hotline and 
Actually, and don't ignore him. Tell us all about it. <laughs> Excuse um, me, guys. I gotta call uh, in the hotline right number's now. Five, <laughs> <laughs> number is five six two. That's exactly where I was worried it was gonna go. Five six two four five five four four eight three. That's five six two four five five hive. That's H I V E. And why do we spell it out, Dave? In case you can't spell hive. You're goddamn right. <laughs> and uh, you can also check us out online at the Wretched Hive. Dot net on Facebook, if you dare use Facebook anymore, facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. You can tweet at us at Wretch Hive Pod. And don't forget our app on the Apple App Store. Download it for free. You can uh, follow us on social media, stream all the shows. You can look at the show notes, everything from the app. Just search Wretched or the Wretched Hive in the Apple App Store and you will find our app. So enjoy that. Uh, guys, we have to debut, before we get into anything else, we're debuting a new segment on the show tonight. Another new segment? Say it ain't so, Steve. Yeah, our producers have been extremely busy. <laughs> extremely busy <laughs> producing new segments for the show. This one by request. Well, I'm just going to let the intro speak for itself. Scott, do you own The Last Jedi? Uh, no, I do not. You are fake news. Wow. I think that Jameson is, has warped Scott's brain over the years, and I think he's just blacked out all of the 90s. Don't be rude. I just want things to be factually correct. Is that too much to ask? Is that really too much to ask? <laughs> we are fighting the fake news. It's fake. Phony. Fake. Okay, let me take a deep breath and a big <laughs> swig of Jameson's. Here we go. Because I've been nice to Scott. Scott! Hello, Scott. Scott! Oh, oh, my God! It's ridiculous. Scott Watch 2018. <laughs> That's right. The inaugural <laughs> segment, Scott Watch 2018, oh to get to the bottom of whether Scott actually owns his own copy of The Last Jedi. So uh, I'll go ahead and start the questioning. Scott. Yes. Do you own a copy of The Last Jedi? Do, do we have a drum roll? Uh, anything like that? No. Do we have the, the, the just the? Uh, you got it like a ten minute intro. You need a drum roll on top of it. <laughs> Getting a little greedy. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, Queen said it best. I want it all. Um, no, I don't. No. I s- and that, ladies and gentlemen, was Scott. Come <laughs> on. Do we have a twenty minute so- outro? <laughs> So, so yeah. Greg and Scott and I were yeah. having about uh, Scott's ownership status or lack thereof, allegedly, on ownership of The Last Jedi. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you did kind of concede the point that if you own The Phantom Menace, which is just admittedly a shitty movie, yeah, that you you probably do need to own The Last Jedi. I, I do, but I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, we, so. we, we did have that conversation, just in, in fairness. I'm not trying to pressure you at all. Just you were like, yeah. You're on this journey, this self-awakening of discovery that we're trying to lead you down here. But you, you're like, you know what? That that's probably is going to have to happen sometime because it's it's a problem. It is. And and Dave, let's have this discussion real quick. We won't drag it on, but I will say. Um, so if you remember the format wars of the '90s and the 2000s, such as DVD oh and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Oh yeah. You knew how long it remember took. Divix? Remember Divix? Divix. Oh yes, I yeah. remember Divix. Um, let me just put it this way. It took a long time to get Star Wars on DVD. And I know a lot of us, especially our fans who were around back then, knew this and felt this. Uh, So just remember how long it took. The first Star Wars DVD that was available was The Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. And that was 
That's how, true. How many years after that movie came out did we get The Phantom Menace? It wasn't six months like we're used to now on Blu-ray and DVD and 4K and all that nonsense. So I'm assuming <clears throat> I got about two years before I get The Last Jedi, <laughs> right? Format Wars. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. It was released in October of 2001 was the very first uh, release of The Phantom Menace. Huh. So, two, over two, two years, years. Two and a half years. Two almost. and a half years. I, and, Scott, own two copies of Return of the Jedi. Okay. Um, the second worst movie in the Star Wars franchise. Mm-hmm. I own one copy of Attack of the Clones, the worst movie in the Star Wars Easily. franchise. Easily. Easily. Um, I I do not curiously own uh, Rogue One in digital mm. or in on physical media. None. I'm, Greg, I'm disappointed. I really am. I know. I like Rogue One too, but I just yeah. I just never got around to buying it. Greg Watch 2018. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, the yeah, show. I think it's, it's going to give the show an energy that that we're that we're lacking. Um, <laughs> uh, well, the entire time. <laughs> to, to, to go along with what you're saying, Greg, I actually own two copies of the Phantom Menace. I have the original VHS release, but wow. I also yes. Which is the only theatrical version that you can get on any format. Hmm. The DVD had extra stuff added back into it, like Lucas loves to tinker with his his masterpiece. And then, uh, what was it? The Blu-ray later on was another altered version of it, So, Hmm. which I don't own. Let's just not go slapping our, you know, what's down on the desk right now. But I think we can, we, we've all gone around and around about how many copies of, of Star Wars we've all bought over the years between Ugh. VHS and DVD and Blu-ray and Laserdisc and and whatever other format, Super 8, that you, if you want to throw that out there. I'm sure somebody <laughs> had a Betamax version, what I'm pretty sure one of us did. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But currently, cur- I, I actually pared down all of the uh, physical media that I own, and currently I just own... Uh, DVD copies. I don't even have Blu-ray copies. I just have DD, DVD, and then I have some uh, digital media for all the movies as well. Okay. Wow, you can get that Phantom Menace VHS for like four bucks on eBay. You know the the kids and I used to go garage sale shopping quite a bit on like Saturday and Sunday morning. It was just a thing that we did when they were younger, and I was constantly seeing copies of the original trilogy on VHS. Huh. Just like in a big bin with, you know, Smokey and the Bandit and, you know, Dora videos. <laughs> that's that's a crime, actually. <laughs> yeah, Smokey. I would think it would be like, you know, the, the Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones, but the original trilogy, man. Yeah. That's, that's huh? a sad state of affairs. You know what? It's very apropos to where we are today. Just thrown into the garage bin, tossed onto the heat. Yep. Yeah. Much like this intro. Right. No, that's that is going to happen every episode, every I, single week. I'm ready. I'm ready for it, Scott. Hey, Scott, Scott, don't yeah. don't don't give in to the peer pressure, man. I don't own a copy of it either, and Ooh. I refuse to purchase my own copy until episode nine comes out. Ooh, ooh, laying it down. I like nice. that. I like that. This sounds like a challenge. I like this, <laughs> Nico. Bringing it, man. Who can and stand also, the Scott, pressure? If, if you if you buy it, Scott, then we we end the segment after just like one week. And we, <laughs> and, and, 
That's that right. He went to all this trouble to produce That was four hours of production <laughs> down the drain. It's your it's your move, Scott. Are you going to screw over Steve or are you oh going to stand Pat? It's your move, buddy. Oh, man. All right. Well, this has been Scott Watch 2018, episode one. And we might release as a standalone segment, you know, like a mini ep. We'll see. We'll, we we'll see. will see. It's the Hive Five. A list of five things. 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 That's a bit excessive. Five things. This is the top five things that I put in the list while becoming slowly more incoherent. A top five list, if you will, from the Wretched Hive. All right, guys. This week's High Five. As we discussed last episode, we uh, got to talk about lightsaber fights, and I think Dave threw it out there. Our top five lightsaber battles, or if you're Nico, moments that include a lightsaber. Doesn't have to be necessarily a battle, as, as, as Nico raised. It could be an event that involved a lightsaber. But top five lightsaber moments, we'll say, in the Star Wars cinematic universe. Yes, Scott. You're kind of changing up the plan. I here. know, I am, because Nico threw me a curveball there in the pre-show. Damn it. Uh, that was just a question. I was just making <laughs> sure that we specified that the rules were laid down. <laughs> That's all. Are the rules ever laid down, Nico? I mean, really? <laughs> Are they ever laid? You want to know this now? I feel. I feel like. The, I feel like the rules just lay down and die. That's what they lay down. <laughs> they just give up. Wait, who's Who's starting this one off? Now you're. You're, <laughs> you're finally understanding the show. Now I've got to change up my list. <laughs> all right. So uh, I just randomly uh, wrote down our names. Okay. <laughs> Totally randomly, off the top of my head, because it's yeah. the the ones I could remember I wrote first. I didn't I didn't think about it at all. It's totally random. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, I randomize better than anyone. So here's the order. The order is Greg, Dave, fake news, Nico, Scott, and Steve. Kicking off first, number one, actually number five, because yes. we're going, are we doing number one? Or are we doing, what's the order? And then are, um, do I get to describe the scene or do I just have to give the. Okay. The, so the... we're going to go, we're going to go. <laughs> sounds God. like rules. We're going to go we worse. Need a, we need a lawyer for this segment. Jeez. We're going to go worst <laughs> to best. So five to one. Okay. And uh, we're not going to talk about the scene other than just describing what it is. Make sure what. People know, but we're not going to talk about too much about what you like about it until somebody else mentions it. Not all of us, but it's got to be mentioned twice for us to get in and talk about it in depth. Okay, is that fair? Okay. My all number right. five. Yes, sir. Kicking off, uh, Obi Wan versus Vader from Episode Four: A New Hope. Ooh, okay. All right. All right. Number five. Kicking it off. Han Solo versus the Tauntaun from The Empire Strikes Back. Oh. <laughs> Good pull. Excellent. I like that. And I like Nico's reaction. What? <laughs> the hell are you talking about? Uh, all right, Nico. Uh, number my five. number five lightsaber moment is in uh, The Force Awakens. And it's when Finn meets the, uh, I don't know, do you call him TR-8R? the trooper with the uh, yeah. like shock arm traitor yeah. yeah. good one that's a really good one okay all right Solid. scott uh i had number five as episode four obi-wan versus vader Ooh. what, what? 
Okay, I can't believe that one is even on. It's it's been mentioned twice. We can talk about it. I can't believe that's on anyone's list. That was that is like the worst lightsaber battle in the whole of the Star Wars thing. It's well, since theatric, but it but it's <laughs> it's what set the tone for the rest of the series. With guys fighting with motherfucking laser swords. You know what? Yeah. It. He took the words list. right out of my fucking mouth. That's exactly how I felt. And yes, Dave, I believe what you said, but it is. It sets the tone for the whole saga. It's like watching grumpy old men fight with laser walkers or something. It's not even that interesting. I agree. <laughs> you know what? Laser Dave, walkers. <laughs> Dave, you may strike me down now, but I'll only come back more powerful than you could ever imagine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, kid. I can imagine an awful lot. Preach it. Preach it. So I, I found that that quite a few of mine were more uh, like sentimental in nature as well. Like, you know, not not necessarily action based. Like, I mean, I, I love Dave's pick. Well, we're not supposed to talk about it yet. All right. Okay. That's all right. Okay. We talked out about that. Are we good? Can we move on to? Uh, yes. Oh well, mine, yeah. my round five, is uh, actually Kylo Ren and Rey in the Force Awakens. At the end of the Force Awakens. When all right. Fighting the guard. Uh. When they are no, when Kylo, they're fighting Kylo each other. Ray. Kylo versus Rey. Okay. In, gotcha. in the in the snow. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Sorry. In the snow, exactly. Sorry, I misheard okay. you. That's my fault. That's okay. Uh, moving on, my number four, uh, Luke Vader one, taking place in the Empire Strikes Back. Mm, that's a good one. Okay. That was originally my number four, but I made a game time decision and I changed it to Darth Vader versus the sacrificial red shirts in Rogue One. <laughs> that one's strong too, Dave. Because <laughs> that's some good stuff. That is the most horrifying five, He's, like thirty seconds of film you'll ever see. He literally slices a guy in half, and they show it on camera. <laughs> Number uh, four for Nico. Obi Wan versus Vader in A New Hope. Nice. There we go. Okay, God. all right. It showed up three times, Dave. Suck it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sentimental value. Everybody loves my picks and wishes they had thought of them. <laughs> Suck it. Uh, Scott, number, number four. Number four is Han Solo versus the Tauntaun in The Empire Strikes Back. Copy what? Did you, really come up, did you really come up with that just now or did you copy Dave? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, he was prepping all day for this. Come on, guys. Because I had to do this last-minute list and Nico decided to change up the rules, that's where I made that decision. Right. No, I didn't. Steve's the one who agreed <laughs> oh. and allowed it to happen, all right? I just asked a question. I questioned the rules. I did not make them. Uh, I picked. Look, I picked it just because I remember being a kid. We can talk about it now because two people, two people yes. said it. That was the rule. Yes, Han yes. versus Santan. Yep. I picked it because I just remembered being fascinated as kids, like, oh my god, somebody other than a Jedi Knight can use a lightsaber. Like, that thought had not occurred to me at age five and six when I saw The Empire Strikes Back. And I just, I thought it was cool, and I also appreciated that it's Han Solo who's making fun of the Jedi all through the the first movie. Right. He's suddenly grabbing the lightsaber. Yeah. My first thought was, why is the Tauntaun filled with uncooked rice? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it does kind of look like rice pudding or something, right? Yeah. yeah. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my number five was number the death. Oh, number right, sorry, number four was uh, the death walk in Rogue One. Well, I mean that, and and now that's been mentioned twice. Yeah. Let's just talk about it. that uh -huh. scene. S changes Episode Four in many ways because you actually get to see how fucking badass. 
Vader actually is. You never really, you never really see it in Episode Four. Yeah, yeah. It changes everything about Episode Four. Yeah. Uh, Even the moment when they have the little board meeting in Episode Four, you realize what a bloodthirsty motherfucker he is, and he just comes in. He's like, oh, you know what? I'll just throw some force action on this guy who's kind of giving me some lip. Yeah. When I could just pull out this lightsaber and slaughter everybody in the room. Right. In a heartbeat. He's it's he's so much more ominous. Yeah. Which makes Tarkin even crazier because Tarkin's not afraid of Vader at that right. point. Exactly. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, but on the same note, that makes the fight with him and Obi-Wan a little less uh, impressive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I go the other way because I understand what you're saying. And I'm, I'm agreeing with you here, Nico. I understand what you guys are saying about making him more ominous. But honestly, when I watched Rogue One and Episode Four back to back, I felt like it actually took away from my memory and recollection of how badass Vader was. Because Vader's only on screen for like 20 minutes of that movie. Yeah. And he makes an indelible, horrifying impression. And he doesn't really do anything. Yeah. He doesn't really do anything to earn it. And that's that's why the mystique of Vader is so good. Just that physical stage presence of David Prowse walking through the door in the Darth Vader thing in his giant bodybuilder frame and then putting his hands on his hips as he looks around the destruction and the dead bodies. And you're just like, this guy is freaking serious. You need yeah. to be scared of him. Yeah, yeah. you know what? I, I like what Dave's saying here. I really do. Uh, and, and Nico, you kind of brought this up. But I, I here's the thing. Looking at this moment and look at the Obi-Wan fight that happens later on, it is, if you really look at it honestly, it's almost sad and pathetic. However... Look at the overall... Take away the almost, and I agree with that. <laughs> look at the overall arc of this character and know where he's going to go by Return of the Jedi. You guys talk about Last Jedi and giving it a chance until we see the last film, Episode Nine. Let's look at the overall arc of that character and how much is actually going on in that fight sequence. Yeah, it's two old guys, one guy in a robot suit, basically, and, and a really old guy who's about to get wiped out. But... There's a mentor thing, a, a student mentor thing, or a teacher mentor thing going on between those two, and there is still some level of respect there. I mean, I we know the, the pathetic acting from the prequels, but there is this relationship and bond that was established between those two characters, and here they are finally meeting for this final time, and yeah, one of them's older. Is, there, is it Vader toying with him? Is it Vader really showing him Look, I'm just I'm stooping to your level. I'm slowing down. And we didn't know this when it first came out, but you see Rogue One, it kind of puts it into context. If you look at it from that point of view, it's all a matter of your point of view, Dave. That's all. Do you do you think it's almost like a respect thing? Like he knows he can take him out, but he's just going to like let him go through the motions cuz he could have just walked up and grabbed right. him with the force, <laughs> choked him out and like Obi-Wan couldn't even pull a saber out. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of think that it was it was Vader wanting Vader was toying with him because he wanted to tell him, you know, uh, once I was the learner, now I am the master. Right. And he's like he's like he's got stuff to say to Obi Wan. He just doesn't want to walk up and kill him. He's got yeah. he's got stuff to talk about. Yeah. And Obi Wan, well, of course, turns Obi's the, the tables. Wily on bet. Him. I, I don't think yeah. he can. I, I don't think he can assume that Obi's going to fall for that choking shit. You know, he's going <laughs> to. Yeah, that's true. He he can he's going to block that. You know, because he did get caught with the force. No, I guess it was a regular choke in in episode three. It's a regular choke. It's not a force choke. He gets caught with. But you know, he knows he knows the the deal. He can he can stop that shit in a heartbeat. Yeah. All right, let's go round three here. Back to Greg. <laughs> uh, round three. 
So speaking of uh, Obi and Vader one from Episode three, that is my number three. Obi one versus uh, Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader round number one. And that's that's from um, Revenge from, of the Sith. Uh, Revenge of the Sith. Okay, got it. The the climactic battle at the end. Correct. All right, got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, Dave. So I have to disagree with Greg again and uh, say that my number three pick is uh, Obi-Wan versus Anakin Skywalker from Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, (laughs) I I sense a pattern forming here. Um, What do you guys, what do you guys, uh, this this scene, um, well, first of all, it's like the third reel or the, the last reel of the film, right? I mean, yeah. It's like 30 minutes, that battle. It's a long fight. It's incredible. It's two Jedi Masters at the height of their power. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, hey. Trying to the, kill each other. Yeah. Just you had trying to kill ground. each other. Right. You had yeah. the high ground. You can't, you, can't, you can't fuck with the high ground. And at the same time, <laughs> intercut with that, you have Yoda and Sidious. Yeah. Which is horrible. Just take it out. Just get rid of it. It's awful. <laughs> oh, oh come on. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like it. I like to cut in there. You know, I, I, I like the, the Yoda uh, Dooku fight when I first yes. saw it, but the more times I see it, yes. it just looks ridiculous. Which the guy I, swinging a lightsaber well, just in a room by himself. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because up next is Nico's number three choice uh, <laughs> Yoda versus Count Dooku in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> before, we, before we segue completely off of that, just. Uh, yeah. the the Obi-Wan thing just one other story that I like real quick when our cats are fighting and chasing each other around and they wind up on the cat tree and one of them's on a different level than the other and they're still staring at each other ready to fight I always yell it's over Anakin I have the high ground I think that's just hilarious. <laughs> nice 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 uh, alright uh, Scott what's your round three uh, my round three is Ray versus Kylo in the snow oh okay so that's the second one we've had uh, with that one why is that? So why do you like that one? Well, you talked about personal. Yeah. Like there is a personal feeling to it. Yeah. It's the moment I was excited. I know we were all excited to see The Force Awakens and um, just to have Star Wars back and J.J. Abrams. There was that whole thing that was going on. It There were so many great moments. I had moments where I was getting choked up through the whole film, but it's the moment where the two of them are fighting. And, uh, and, and it's actually Finn at first. And the saber is in the snow, and that moment where you see that saber fly across, you think Kylo's getting it, and it goes right to Ray. Mm-hmm. I can't. T- I look. I'm getting goosebumps right now just talking about that moment. That's J.J. Abrams directing at full mm-hmm. fucking throttle. Right and there. right at that moment, the the Star Wars main theme swells up, yes. and it's just it was it was uh, goosebumps for sure. And what's yeah. great about that, you know, we we've been we've discussed it, we've dissected it. Uh, people have criticized this fight. You know, it's Ray. How does she know how to pull a lightsaber out of the snow? How does she know how to fight with a lightsaber? But watch that fight sequence again. Yes, she's fighting. And what we know now from the two movies is that there's all this like mythology about uh, uh, the Jedi Knights. So there might be some knowledge there that she just knows a little bit about. But it's a raw and gritty and just drag out fight. They're grabbing each other's arms. The blades are down in the snow. It's all over the place. And she still, uh, you know, unfortunately because a giant chasm <laughs> opens up, yeah, you yeah. know, kind of walks away from that. For I, That was actually on my list, and I took it off. Yeah. Uh, or I almost took it off because the one part of that that I really love, and the rest is okay, but the one part I really love is when the lightsaber... Uh, 
But it almost seems like the lightsaber chooses her over him. The wand chooses the wizard, Mister Potter. Okay. But but she she pulls the lightsaber and it goes past. Do you not call him him. Harry Potter? (laughs) Um, Anyway, that's a that's a great scene. I'm hurt. All right. Uh, I was going to say just to add to that real quick. The production values on that fight are just off the charts. Yeah. Yeah. Off the charts, good. Yeah, I would also like to add, and that was just Scott. Just like you said, it's a masterclass in filmmaking. Uh, how they yeah. how they put all that together, just the the performances of the actors, the score behind it. It just it hits all the right beats. Yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a great great scene. Um, it probably should be somewhere in my top five, but it's a it's a just miss for me. But uh, there's no reason why it shouldn't be up there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it an honorable mention, but to me, the fact that Kylo Ren is, you know, leader of the Knights of Ren, some scary, <laughs> unstoppable force, yeah. and he's fighting against this, you know, person who's never ignited a lightsaber before in her life, like, there should be no contest there. So to me, it's like, it's almost unbelievable that the fight is so neck and neck. She's never. Well, I, I kind of disagree with that, and and here's why: it's because they established real early on that she's grew up on her own in on Jakku and learned to fight. I mean, she she's taking on all comers. You know, she's not somebody who's hiding in a corner somewhere. If somebody threatens her, she beats him down. She beats down yeah. two guys who try and take BB-8 right. early on in the movie. So she's got fighting skills. It's not like she's completely untrained. Yeah. She's got, yeah, but she's got, fighting against somebody who was trained by Luke, somebody who's been trained in the, you know, the dark side, somebody who's the leader of some scary, unseen Knights of Ren force. Like, yeah, okay, so she's a fighter. She, but she's a, she, she scraps, and this is a duel against somebody who's highly trained. Snoke calls him out for it too, in ah. the next movie. Yeah. See. Like, so really, you me, lost a lightsaber just... fight to a rookie? Disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, maybe the believability of that student. fight is... It, it, no, it, I... it doesn't hit for me. I get what you're saying, Nico. I'm with you. All right. Yeah. All right. My uh, number three pick is Kylo and Rey versus the Praetorian Guards in The Last Jedi. First one for that one. Okay. First appearance for that. Well, disgusting. All right. Moving on. Moving on to number two. On, My pick for number two. Yep. Your is, second best lightsaber fight, Greg Lent. I'm gonna follow Steve's lead here, and I'm gonna go with Kylo and Ray teaming up to take Ooh. on the Imperial Guard. All right. TLJ. You guys uh, want to talk about it? Yeah. I we I think we should a little bit. Um, I think. The choreography in this is just kind of spellbinding. The way that Ryan Johnson put this together is um, its you, you can't tear away from it. You know it's coming. I mean, having seen the movie a bunch of times now, I know exactly what's coming, but it still just pulls me in. Um, it's so compelling watching them stand back to back with the guards coming at them. And um, I liked it. I liked the action. I think uh, dollar for dollar, it might be the my favorite a- one of my favorite action sequences. Period in the Star Wars universe. Wow. I yeah. I couldn't agree more. It's it's a it's a fantastic scene. You can tell it. Everybody's working their ass off, and it looks yeah. like it looks like a fight. It does. You know the yeah. uh, the others. There's a lot of great choreography to it, but. 
you know, it always kind of looks like guys like acting can see them pulling back a little bit. Um, not so much in the uh, in the Re Revenge of the no. Sith fight, but there is definitely an amateurish quality to a lot of those fights, and that one looks like they are actually fighting. And you, you see moves that you had never seen before, and really creative uses of the lightsaber. You know, Kylo use, uses his the lightsaber to punch a hole through the guy's head. Um, right, right, right. That's right. That's really, a great, really, really great good, innovative stuff there. Very creative. Yeah. Adam Driver sells that scene. He sells the hell out of that scene. I yeah. mean, it is like if they miss, they're going <laughs> to seriously do some damage, um, you know, with whatever like stick they used on the set. I mean, he is, they are going at it and it, there's a sense of realism to it. That's not present in, in a lot of the other ones. I agree. All right, Dave, what's your second favorite lightsaber battle? My second favorite is Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul. Ooh. I know is we're going to want to talk about that one. That's the first one, right? That's that that's in episode one. No, no, no. I mean, that's the first time that's been that's mentioned. That's the first we time it's for been the mentioned. the first time for the last time. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be the last time. Huh. All right. Uh, Nico. I have the high ground. I have the high ground. Episode three. Okay. And I and I also want to, you know, throw an honorable mention to to Ray and and Kylo fighting the guards, but uh I just on principle refuse to include anything from The Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, drawn line in the sand. All right. Cuz he hates sand. He hates sand. <laughs> Scott. No, what's your second favorite lightsaber battle? He gets in my shorts. It's coarse. <laughs> gets everywhere. Do you, do you think Darth Vader ever drew a line in the sand? <laughs> I'm sure he did. Oh, he hates sand. <laughs> he hates it. Uh, my second one is Vader the Serial Killer from Rogue One. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a fantastic choice. It really is. Strong. The Death Walk. Uh, so that for Death Walk, I think that's the third time. Yeah. Right? Number three. All right. And uh, for me, number two is Anakin Obi-Wan in episode three. So now that's four for that one. Wow. Yeah. You guys like Revenge of the Sith. All right. So going into the final round here, Greg, lay it on us. What's your favorite lightsaber battle? There can be no other. Darth Maul against Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan from Phantom Menace. It's the best yeah. it's the best lightsaber battle you're going to get out of any movie. Wow, we're going to have some fun discussing this. Yeah. It's the second it's the second best. Nope. Yep. Incorrect, wow. sir. It's okay to be wrong sometimes, Dave. It's okay. Greg. I would yes, I wouldn't know what that feels like, Nico. Tell <laughs> Greg, me more. Greg, why do you why do you feel like that's the best lightsaber battle? Um, you know, that for kind of for the same reasons why I like um the the Kylo, Kylo Ren and Rey fight with the guard there. Um, it's unique. It was something we had never seen before. They took it. They could, they took all the stuff we knew about lightsabers and took it up a level. And and it was it was guys just going all out. You know, 100% action, just taking it to their opponents and yeah, looking like they were really wanting to kill each other. And just the acting from Ray Park. I'm gonna give Ray Ray Parks from love there. And just the seething hatred coming out of that guy as he's going through that whole fight. It's just yeah. incredible. I'll give Greg a lot of props on that because yeah. the the Ray Park, you know, buried in all that makeup, he still had a lot of expressive like uh, emotion coming out of there, and it was pure hatred. So yeah, I I agree with you on the Darth Maul part, but uh, 
his the athleticism of Ray Park and and of um, Ewan McGregor. Well, have you ever met Ray Park at any of the conventions? No. That dude, at, at least back then, he's short. Well, he's short, but he was <laughs> he was freaking. He was the, he yeah. was the toad in the original X Men. Right. Yes, he was. Right. Oh, really? But he was built. He was like a bodybuilder, kung fu guy, and I'm just like. You see him for the first time, you're like, yeah, I, I, I would get my ass kicked so fast. <laughs> so fast. Somebody told me that he's got a really high voice. Yeah. And so that's why they overdub, uh, you know, yeah. with, with a, a voice actor. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's not yeah. crazy. It's not crazy high, but he does have a very thick Australian accent. And so it's probably not the most threatening. Yeah. Finally, we'll have our revenge on the Jedi. <laughs> Right, we will have our revenge on the Jedi. <laughs> Reminds me of David Prowse inside the Vader helmet. Yeah, exactly. Those videos are so brilliant. Yeah, they are. Uh, all right, Dave, lay it on us. What's your number one? The number one movie, and I want to thank you guys for pre-selling it. It is Kylo and Rey versus the Praetorian Guard. That is a Jedi fight where you see fighting styles that we've never seen before. It's the only true group lightsaber battle that I think we've we've ever seen but it also has bad guy and good guy fighting back to back for a common cause and the first time you watch that movie you legit don't know what's going to happen at the end of it you know they're both going to come through it even if you can't see how it's going to happen but what's going to happen is he going to go to the light side is she going to go to the dark side are they going to have a second lightsaber fight between just the two of them I didn't know I just know I didn't want that scene to end. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, None of it matters because the movie is terrible. Yeah, you didn't you didn't know uh, uh, exactly how. Nico, we're just going to ignore that comment. Thank you very much. Because um, <laughs> it's wrong. Um, you, you didn't know exactly how the fight would turn out. I mean, obviously, the, both the mains would come out of it. But, yeah, are they going to fight? Are they going to continue the fight with just the two of them? You know, are they going to – is this the start of something – uh, romantic happening here. They're just gonna make out like just banshees, you know. And... Yeah, there was all kinds of tension going on in that scene. That's all, all I'm saying. All of that was on the table, you know. There was some yeah. serious boning that was about to go down. It was just downtown to bone town. I, I think is what it was. Okay, I can't. I can't let Nico hang out here dry. I'm gonna jump on Nico's side and bandwagon because we know how much I love the Last Jedi. But here's the thing. I really liked that sequence. My problem, Greg, is something you just said in your review right there. You do know how it's going to end up. I don't care how much tension's there. I don't care if you think they're going to bone each other or not, or a porg's going to get in, in into a three-way with them. Here's my problem. You know that both of those characters are going to come out of that. I did. I didn't feel like any of them were in actual jeopardy. Even Ray at that moment, I'm like, ah, something's going to happen. And that's my problem. And I'll get to my number one in a second. And I think it changes that, what you just said, makes another lightsaber battle actually that much more dangerous than that actual battle and it wasn't well, a battle if, if you're if you're saying that the that the fights there the movie's no good because you you you're not sure that the main characters are not going to die what fight are you looking at where you think any of them are going to die well, we'll get to that don't worry <laughs> i mean <laughs> don't you did worry you think, did you think that darth maul was going to be victorious against both qui-gon and uh and uh, Obi Obi Wan? No, think that I'm, was gonna, I'm not going to give away happen? my answer yet. But I'm going to tell you that battle is not on my list. Because you're wrong. No, <laughs> no. I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, in in the process in the process of backing up Nico, because it's not just because I don't like the movie. I really actually enjoy that sequence. 
the thing is, is two. Oh, okay, so a couple things about that. Yes, I love what you guys are saying about it, and I slightly agree with what you're saying about it, but I have a disagreement. That must hurt you so much. No, it doesn't. It, <laughs> it doesn't. I'll get to the stuff that really hurts me later, and it has to do with the porg sitting right off over my shoulder here. But wow, um, here's the thing. It, as much as I enjoyed that sequence, and that brought a lot of joy to me to see a different type of lightsaber scuffle, <laughs> it wasn't a battle, and I never felt that those two characters were in actual jeopardy. I didn't. I mean, the other the guards come in, but you know they're going to kick their asses. No one's going to get hurt in that sequence, and that's what really bothered me. I didn't feel that jeopardy about it. And again, it makes it sound like I hate that scene, but I don't. I actually enjoyed the fight, the fights and the and the moves. Steve, you actually pointed out a couple things. Uh the the sequences that you see the lightsaber being used in, like just odd stuff. The two of them working together uh, who else, who said that? Dave, you brought that up, mm. or, or Greg? Standing back to back. You know, I, think, I think we both. I think we both said it. But the good guy, bad guy thing, kind of working together. I I found that fascinating. But I think so much other uh, stuff that was going on in that movie, the input, the general negative input I was getting from that movie, kind of deterred from that moment for me, and that's what took away from that moment. I, I the actual real moment was when at the end. I thought they were going to start working together. The, that, and this is after the battle. They decided, you know, they're not going to be working together. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So you're putting into, into the context of the rest of the film and the feeling that you had to that point in the film pulled you out of that lightsaber fight. It did. Yeah. It actually did. And, you know, the sad thing is, is that really is a badass sequence. But I felt that there could have been more drama based on other story decisions or choices they could have made. Yeah. Okay. It's the same reason I didn't include the Kylo Ren and Rey fight in The Force Awakens. Yeah, that's fair enough. Because there's just... I mean, that fight itself, yeah, it was cool. But then when you step back and look at the fact that Kylo Ren is who he is and Rey is who she is, it makes that fight feel invalid. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, Nico, why don't you keep the conch and tell us, what is your number one lightsaber battle? Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan, Darth Maul... Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, and that's a great point that has not been raised Dude, yet. The that, music in that, that fight, that John oh, Williams score, the, yeah, the Duel of the Boner Fates. Duel, Duel of the, the Fates, Fates is yeah. so good. It is so good. It just it the first time you hear it, it feels like you've you've heard it a, a thousand times, and yet it's new and fresh. Man, I'm gonna that... go ahead and make my comment again because yeah. I think you guys missed it. Yeah. The music in that fight is boner inducing. Yes. <laughs> no, yes. Well done. I I like heard it. it. I was just moving past it. <laughs> <laughs> the comment or his boner? I just want to know. Uh, how Are you saying us... John Williams ignited your lightsaber? <laughs> <laughs> Fully. How many of us here have seen John Williams perform that live? Uh, I think I have. Did he do Duel of the Fates? Yes. Okay. And he did. Um, he did the Imperial March twice, open and close. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. All right, Scott, laid on us. What is your number one lightsaber battle, <laughs> Scott Ivansky? I'm preparing after that whole tirade that Greg's going to just rip me a new oh, one. Here, we go. here comes Scott. <laughs> I, I, I can. I, I can. I, I'm not going to take a guess. You go. Tell us, Greg. I love you. <laughs> Uh, my number one choice is from my number one movie, and that is Luke versus Vader in Bestman. Wow. 
ESB. I think that's the first time that has come up. Yeah. Shocking. You. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, did it you was. It, it was. was. That was originally my number four, but I, I made a game time decision. Oh, got it. So since it finally came up a second time then, I oh, just want to point oh. this out. I can't hear Greg. Greg's like popping in and He's out. He's popping in and out. Greg, fix your mic. You. Okay. There you go. There we go. So based off of what we were discussing earlier, the real jeopardy here is you don't know how that's going to turn out. There's so much surprise that, and, and craziness that happens in that particular scene. It's not just the struggle between an apprentice who's going headstrong into a fight he shouldn't be going into and is told by the people that are training him not to do it. He goes in, ends up losing a limb, and finding out that the guy that he's fighting is his dad. And you don't know how it's going to turn out. You know Vader's got that same confidence from A New Hope. But he's actually more badass and at some point is so pissed at what's happening, he's swinging that saber like a maniac. Like that, that sequence in the little weather vane right before they get out onto the, the ledge where he reveals who he is, man, he is ripping shred like everything around him. If rewatch that moment, I know we've seen it all a hundred times or more, but my God, that, that's, that is emotion right there. Mm. That's how you film a sequence. That's Vader going, I'm going to use everything possible. I'm going to take, I'm going to pull fucking boxes and start chucking them at him and just figure out until he figures out he's not ready for this. Scott, I'm going to, I'm going to back you up on this one, son, because I asked you earlier, earlier on, you, you had an argument against the previous fight saying that you, there was no doubt who was going to come out on top. And my response to that was, when is that ever in doubt? And you just proved your point exactly. This is a point when it wasn't a doubt. And I agree completely. You had no idea how Luke was going to succeed. And it ends up he doesn't succeed. He just escapes by the skin of his teeth. But by no means does he succeed. So, right. And, um, so and good on you. you. I'm going to drop you, you, you I'm drop me. the headphones. It's not my number one. But you, you've convinced me that it's a good choice for number one. I, got, I just dropped the headphones. I can't believe it. I'm in shock right now that we agree. <laughs> you know what, though? I want to add to that, Greg. Because uh, it's not just because of that moment and you saying that. But... Here's the other thing. If you rewatch Empire, and we all know this because The Last Jedi tried to pull off a very similar thing is, and they do a good job. I'll give Last Jedi some props on this. Nobody wins. That, and I'm sorry. Nobody good wins in Empire. It's always a loss. The Rebels lose the fight. Luke loses his hand and loses the fight. Han's frozen in carbonite and everyone's in total turmoil. So at one point, you feel like when you're watching Empire, something good has to happen at this point, and yet you're at the final moments of this movie, and you're, the guy you're rooting for gets his hand chopped off, loses his lightsaber, the guy who does it says, hey, I'm your dad, by the way, and then he drops into an, <laughs> what seems like a bottomless pit. It's crazy. At one point, when you're a kid, you're like, I... I'd, I was emotionally distraught when that was happening. <laughs> I think that changed my life more than shit having sex for the first time. <laughs> wow. That just happened last week. No, yeah. You might, you might have been doing it wrong. <laughs> I, I, I think so. I think I was. My number one, guys, is uh, Anakin versus Anakin and Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul mm-hmm. in episode one. All right. So, if Fake as news. it should be, if, <laughs> if, which got three number one votes, by the way. So, Son not of- so fake. Okay. Um, so my fake news media. Fake news. So if I tallied this up correctly, 
the top five, the high fives, top five lightsaber fights. Number five, Han versus the Tauntaun. Two votes. Wow. Number four. <laughs> strong. Ka- so strong. Kylo versus Rey in episode seven. Okay. Two votes. Uh, Obi Number three, Obi-Wan versus Vader in episode four. Okay. Three votes. Wow. First time we see lightsabers used. Yes. Uh, number two, Obi-Wan versus Anakin in episode three, Revenge of the Sith. And the number one lightsaber fight, Anakin and Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul in episode one. And there you have it. What happened to the Death Walk? Mm, I may have tallied it correctly. I think it got two. That had three. Did it have three? Oh, it did have three. Yeah, because Scott put it in there too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Dang. Okay, so that's number four. Four then. Oh, Chris and... is going to have a lot of work to do with this episode. Uh, we need our ombudsman. So we need our wretched hive ombudsman to figure this out. <laughs> we, need, uh, we need we need the the uh, accounting firm of uh, of uh, whoever and whoever to come take a look at these numbers. Man, I got to say, math is hard. We need an intern as well because I cannot talk and think at the same time. <laughs> I mean, look at this. It's a mess. You're, you're, you're qualified to be in Congress if you can't talk and think at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh All right, guys, we got some news to cover. Wait, Let's wait, do wait, this. From ABC News World Headquarters, <laughs> this is ABC World News Tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So you hear that, Scott? That's a train demon right now. Train left the <laughs> Guys, there is there's a lot to... <laughs> don't glare at me. I'm not glaring. I'm looking, I'm looking <laughs> at the food. We got, got stuff to cover. Like Nico, is it just me, or are we all happy we're not in the room with those two right now? <laughs> now, just wait a minute, wait a minute. We got news to cover, but just listen for one second. All right, fine. Out of that list, yeah. and out of all the discussions we've had for two and a half years, <laughs> yeah. you prequel-hating motherfuckers just voted the prequels the most out of there. Who so calls you prequel-hating? Oh, my I God. I want to say. Oh, my God. You're the one, you're the one that likes episode one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dave. <laughs> I, I have, Christine I says said, you're welcome. Yeah, I, I have oh said God. since episode one of this show, and I've said it for years. I've said yeah, it yeah. since 1999 yeah. that that fight was the best lightsaber fight in all of the songs. Yeah, I'm. I've, I'm pretty I've sure. And, and listeners, please go back and back me up on this. I'm pretty sure I was the first one. <laughs> To point out that that lightsaber fight was the best fight ever, and that it was one of the only redeeming qualities of that movie. Yeah, you're the first person ever to my... think that, Nico. <laughs> on the show, <laughs> I right. was the first person to put it into words on the show, and I think it was probably somewhere in the first ten episodes. Okay, all right, fair enough. I'll I'll, I'll give you that. I'll let's, buy that. Let's I'll... get some. Let's get some news. All right, let's 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 talk about the news, <laughs> guys. There's a little movie that's still in the theaters. Nobody's going to see it, apparently, but it's still in the theaters. That, that, that is such crap. Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, two it's weeks. The, <clears throat> it's the number five grossing movie for the year so far. Nobody. Nobody's going to see it? Uh, Nobody? According to uh, Box Office Mojo, we've got uh, a worldwide take for Solo. As of this minute, just brought this up a second ago. Uh, well, let's say domestic 155 million uh, plus foreign another 115 for a total of worldwide gross 271 million for Solo, a Star Wars story. Now that certainly is not a small number, 
analysts are saying, and we all trust the uh, you know ubiquitous movie analyst and the, the Hollywood an, yeah. analyst, the analyst, the analyst. You can um, trust anybody who has anal in their title. <laughs> given that the budget for this film was 250 million or so, plus maybe another 150 million for marketing, total of around four million. That Disney is losing money on this right now, guys. What do you, what say you? And I know Dave, you want to weigh in on this, um, but I want to hear from everybody. Um, what say you uh, regarding these stories we're seeing about Disney's in trouble? Star Wars is doomed. This movie is bombing. Uh, Dave, what do you what do you what do you say to distra- detractors of uh, of Solo and of the choices that Disney is making with the Star Wars universe? Dave, you just hold on one second. We got a lot to talk about, and I'm interjecting a bunch. I'm putting some fire in this show tonight, and I got to say something. Solo is the number five uh, highest grossing film this year. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, it's rocking. As of right now. It's rocking Peter Rabbit and Fifty Shades Free and Rampage. So you're telling me that just because it's just squeaking out those movies, it's A-OK? And I think it sold like 13 tickets (laughs) since last weekend. So there was a 65% drop from week one to week two, Scott. Uh, I know. This movie is in trouble. Let's talk about it now. Dave, give us your opinion. <laughs> is this movie in trouble? Yes. Is it? Is it? So let's, let, yeah, let's talk. So first of all, let's do it. for all these analysts, if you can see my air quotes listening at home, or perhaps you can just feel the contempt in my voice, Dave nobody really actually knows what the budget for this movie is except Disney. And nobody's going to say what the budget is. Wait, 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 wait. wait, Disney's not going to. Disney's not going to put it out there. This has been very widely estimated. estimated. (laughs) It's been very widely estimated that Hillary Clinton got more votes than Donald Trump. That doesn't seem to stop him. (laughs) No, that's a fact. fact. That is a fact. That's That's not estimated estimated according to our president. But look, (laughs) the people that know what it actually is, they don't say. Hollywood never reveals what the budgets are. These people make their little estimates and do their little slide rule stuff and if any of them were worth a goddamn tinker's damn they would actually be working in the industry instead of talking about it so is it possible that this movie is not going to make money absolutely it's possible because they reshot the majority of it so they threw a lot of money into it good money after bad yeah and they're and they're paying they're paying two sets of directors to so so you know it's, it, it, it's not yeah. like Ron Howard did it for free, and it's not yeah. like they, Lord and Miller took less money because they got fired. But but by the way, if this movie loses $50 million on the production side of it, right. who the fuck really cares? <laughs> They've, they're going to make it – they're going to make money off of the video releases. They're going to make money off of TV deals. Yeah. There's all the merchandising stuff that's not brought into play on this. It, it's not – like it's a total loss and they're never going to make another Star Wars movie or another potential Han Solo movie. There's so many mitigating factors that go into this because at the end of the day, it's actually a good movie. It is. It's uh, actually it, a good movie and not every movie that's a good movie is a hit and not every movie that's a hit is a good is good. I mean, for God's sakes, Fifty Shades Freed is a top 10 grossing movie for the year. It's a piece <laughs> of shit. That said... Every Star Wars movie has been a huge hit. Has wait, been a windfall at the box office. No, I disagree. Wait a minute. Sir. Wait a minute. Well, Are well, we just, because, just because you slept with it. Ellie McPherson instead of Cinder Crawford, you're going to get fussy now about what the end results are. I mean, people need to get over themselves a little bit. Well, I Are do we want to. 
One second, Nico. I, I, I do want to emphasize... One second, Nico. Sorry. I do want to emphasize <laughs> a point that Greg said before we get to... That Dave said before we get too far away from it. And that is that there were significant changes to... Not only to the... Obviously, with Bring Rod Howard in, but to the script and the plot. Uh, this is HuffingtonPost.com reporting earlier this week that Solo had two big story changes. One of them was how they described the Kessel Run. So that's a huge part of this film. It is. The other part was uh, how they portrayed Dryden Voss's character, who went from a CGI creature to a, a real live person. That's a huge change in a script. And so I got to back you on that, Dave. There were huge, enormous changes made late, late in the game. And Ron Howard did an absolutely outstanding job to pull it together. Um, so. Nico, I'm sorry for cutting been, you off. This movie should have been a piece of shit, and then I'll shut up and let other people talk. And it wasn't, and they deserve credit for that. Absolutely. Go no ahead, no doubt about it. Nico, you have it. Go. Are we just going to gloss over the fact that Dave is passionately comparing Fifty Shades Free and Solo <laughs> right now? Like, you watch Fifty Shades Free at least enough times to be able to do that? <laughs> there is a connection. There is a connection. Amelia Clark, who we have a little snippet from her later. That's good. Oh, I love that snippet. That's really good. Uh, She was offered the role of the lead role for Fifty Shades and turned it down. You know, she likes to kiss death for, like, big franchises now because she killed Terminator. She's killing Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah, that's her fault. We do not want her to star in anything anymore. Yeah, let's blame Amelia Clark now. (laughs) Come on, man. Why not? Everybody else blames women for everything in this book. Let's love you you women-hating fuckers from here on out. Come on. I I did see Terminator Genesis, and Amelia Clark was not the biggest problem with that movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's too bad that Game of Thrones is tanking so hard, too, because of her. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, All right. So this article, uh, HollywoodReporter.com, reporting Solo will lose 50 million plus in the first defeat for Disney's Star Wars Empire. So here's my other thing about that. All these estimates about what it's going to do or what it's going to make. Hollywood accountants are notorious for being able to make something lose money that was profitable or make money that wasn't. Because Tom Hanks had a profit participation for Forrest Gump. Wow. And according to Paramount Pictures, they never had to fulfill that commitment to Tom Hanks because Forrest Gump didn't make any money. Yeah. Do we really think that's true? No. Do we really think that's true? No. No, we don't. And let me let me add to this article right here. Sure. I'm tired of this. So let me fill in the gaps here with this article. Um, the um, undertitle is uh, Lucasfilm's standalone Han Solo origin pick is faltering at the global box office, where it is expected to top out in the 400 million range. To borrow one of Han Solo's lines from Star Wars: The Force Awakens, that's not how the Force works. Oh my God! It only made four hundred million dollars. Yeah, All the so, people complaining about that have probably never even sniffed a hundred million dollar movie in their fucking lives. <laughs> so, so, so if, and if it gets to that four hundred million dollar number, then it made its money back, and everybody can just shut up. So, I mean, they're not all going to be not out of the park home runs, but this one, I mean, honestly, this movie is really, really good. I personally liked it better than Rogue One. Um, and it's I, I thought it was great. I thought everybody did a fantastic job in it. Uh, but, you know, as far as reaction from everybody else, it's it's pretty much a solid double. It 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 it, it holds serve. You know, it makes its money back. 
and it's it's not going to affect the franchise in the slightest, I don't think. So before Wait we get minute. too far, and oh, yeah. go ahead, Nico. Yeah, Nico, you're going to say everybody in that movie did a good job, Gregory? Yeah, I am. With their hands everybody. on their belt for ninety eight percent of the movie, walking around like Ricky Bobby in his first fucking interview. I don't know what to do with my hands. Do you, do you remember? When I told you about Dude was in every scene of the movie. Dude was in every scene of the movie. He did with just his hands fine. on his fucking belt like Does a two year old playing with his dick. Like, didn't Nico bring this up in the uh, in the trailer that his hands was trailer. always on? His belt? I oh, yeah, yeah. Like, look at the trailer. Every scene he's got his hands on his belt, and what happens for two and a half hours? He's got his hands on his fucking belt. <laughs> That's funny. God damn it, Alden. Why are you checking out his crotch the whole movie, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, hard to miss fucking chicken wings walking around for two and a half hours, Gregory. So, Nico, aside, so strong. aside from Alden's hands on his belt, Nico Rodriguez, what did you think overall? Give the overall picture of uh, what you thought about Solo. Um, if you take out, you know... Um, the namesake character of the movie's actor and replace it, it was a solid five-star movie. Wow. It was a fantastic wow. movie, and the leading actor ruined it for me. Wow. Okay. Wow. All right. Wow. So it sounded right. like it sounded like Greg. Like I just I got to get this out of the way because uh, if you by the way if you haven't heard mini episode sixteen, Dave and I jumped on the uh, line and gave our reviews. It's about a thirty minute show. It's a quick listen, so you can hear what we thought about it. Sounds like Greg liked it. Nico was on board, other than the main character who's in everything. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, lo- <clears throat> I really enjoyed the movie, and I really hated. Alden Halder, get the fuck off the screen. <laughs> wow. And Scott, uh, real quick, what your overall view of Solo? I enjoyed it. I okay. had a really good time watching it. It didn't. It, that doesn't mean it didn't have uh, some problems here okay. and there, but for the most part, it was a fun, just summer action film. So I just need some official ratings here. Dave gave Solo out of five Death Stars. He mm-hmm. gave it three and two thirds Death Stars. I gave it three and a half Death Stars. So, Scott, what do you give Solo on a scale from one Death Star is like episode two and five is Empire Strikes Back? You know, between the fact it's, you know, a fun Star Wars movie uh, that kind of doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie, more like a Western almost, Hmm. uh, and the fact that it's also just a really action-packed, fun movie, I would go four. Okay. All right. You know, Scott, I, I I agree with that. It's 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 really, it's a really good summer popcorn action flick. That was my that was the thing. Is yeah. aside from the the thrown in references here and there to the Star Wars universe, it didn't really have a Star Wars feel to me. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. I would call it I would call it probably close to a four, if not a four. But so let's just call it three point seven five. Three point seven five. And Nico, how many Death Stars do you give this movie? Uh, with or without Alden, because with I'm gonna give you that it's got it's Wait, got two. But is if he they in the movie? It... <laughs> you gotta go with. I mean, he's in the film. Yeah. So I mean, it's a it's a for me. He actually ruins the movie. Mm, um, wow. There's a couple other parts like that. I feel like we're missed out. Like giving Solo his name, like was mm. like really on the first try. This guy's gonna 
like the movie review from Kylo, he like nails it on the head. You yeah. know, that I had that same feeling sitting in the theater. Like, really, this random, you know, guy's gonna nail it the first time. So that that plus Alden, I would say it's you know it's a four Death Star movie, but Alden makes it like a two. Wow, maybe now I, I want to clarify the name thing because I uh, okay, so I got you down for a two, Nico. You said two and a half, two and a half. Yeah. Okay, two, maybe, two maybe. Half. All right. If I was drunk, uh, so <laughs> the thing with so I I love the Kylo Ren reviews, and I don't have a clip. I should have prepped one. Sorry. So funny, all of them are so good. Um, we've heard him on the show before. The thing with the solo though, he wasn't guessing. We all know the last name. The guy wasn't guessing. He pulls it out of the air because it's new. I don't I didn't have a problem with it at all. I thought it was kind of kind of interesting the way they did it actually. I yeah. He's not guessing his name. I don't, I didn't understand why Kylo had a problem with him nailing it quote unquote on the first time. He wasn't guessing. He's making it up. And he he could have said anything, but he chose solo even though we knew that was going to be the answer. I thought it was still kind of cool. Yeah, it I would have th- been more yeah. believable if it was almost like a Game of Thrones thing, where like all the bastard children in the north are named Snow, and he was like way more confident in like, oh, you have no family, okay, you're Han Solo, and that's it. But he was like, eh, Solo, I guess. Like it just didn't feel believable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with I'm with you, Nico. I actually felt like that moment or instant would have almost been more effective if Han had been telling it as a story to someone like yeah the last mm-hmm. name you know I had this thing and I was standing there and the curial guard was just like yeah you know what solo because you don't have any people right yeah yeah I think that's what was my hesitation on that <clears throat> sequence I'm fine with it but it could have just been a little bit drawn out just a little more kind of build up mm. to it uh, maybe not necessarily agreeing with the Kylo review, even though we're speculating on a fake movie review. Uh, I just think <laughs> right. just just to add a little more fun and, and, and slight tension with that that sequence. But mm-hmm. he does seem to just like pull it out and kind of make it almost goofy. Mm-hmm. So what 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 makes Kylo's movie reviews any less real than any of ours, Scott? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not in cosplay, Nico. I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean? That's Kylo Ren giving his review. I don't know what you guys are talking Shit, about. I'm so sorry, guys. That's, oh, that's yeah. strong, Nico. So what I, well I wanted to say is something real quick on all these people that are speculating, all these analysts that are out there saying this stuff. Yeah. Uh, my biggest problem is that they're all using the fact that this is the first defeat for like a Star Wars movie, like a failure at the theatrical. Well, actually, this article you say talks about Disney Star Wars Empire. Yeah. But uh, most of the articles say that the first defeat for a theatrical Star Wars release. And most of these assholes are not realizing that the Clone Wars was released in the theater. And that was a major, major flop. Yeah, absolutely. But it, but yeah, it it's almost like because it's, it's animated, it just it gets no love at right. all. Uh, I, I think the argument there would be that because it was basically three episodes of a TV show that he paid to make as a TV show and just strung them together and put them in theaters, there was virtually no production cost for it. Right. It was all marketing. Okay. So it probably made $60 million off of its, you know, $65 million gross or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. All right. Lucas was probably like, this looks pretty good. I, I want it in my hometown theater. Release <laughs> this now. Oh, man. I'm GL. I'm so I'm in pain now. 
<laughs> not from yeah. not from your impression. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it if it was from the impression. All right. All right. Um, well, there was some really good callbacks to uh, and references to the Star Wars universe in Solo, and I wanted to touch on some of those. There's a nice article on therap.com uh, that one of you shared on our little thread that we share. Bosk was mentioned. Yes. Bosk got a mention in the in the film. I thought that was pretty cool. Let's go for a deep cut and get a ship in there too. Who wants to see the houndstooth people? Come on, could happen. There were there was a lot of deep dives in that movie. Yeah. there was a lot of shit they were throwing out there. Yeah, they talk about Felucia. Oh, um, I didn't catch that. Bye, yep. Felucia. Yep. Nice. Um, there's a reference to, and I think we talked about this on our little mini review show, Dave. Uh, the game Masters of Terrace Kasi. The uh, yeah, the 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 one on one fighting game, uh, the random martial arts. Well, that, it was uh, a mor- it was a Mortal Kombat knockoff, is what right, it was. right, right. Well, isn't Terrace more than just the game? It was the martial arts form that Mara Jade was like a master of, who ended up marrying Luke in the extended universe. That had to have been mentioned somewhere. I, I don't think it was anything game. until the game. I think it, it got integrated after the game, but I don't think it actually was anything until the game. And in a wretched hive like world exclusive, we have the only two people in the world who not only played that game, but enjoyed it and have fond memories of it, and will admit it publicly on the podcast right now. Like a world exclusive, you won't find it anywhere else. Bittersweet fondness of rage induced tilt for the first time at a video game. <laughs> That's awesome. How old was I, Greg? Probably like 11? No, younger than that. It came out in like 97. So wow. we we were we were probably well, playing it, you know, in ninety eight, ninety nine. So yeah. yeah. Um so you were eight, nine years old and there I am being just a son of a bitch and beating up on a kid on a video game. Like, actually <laughs> whooping my ass. Like every single time. The only time I could ever win was if I went into like the training mode and played against a dummy character. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. That's awesome. <laughs> I won't mention everybody that it made you cry. I won't. I won't mention that at all. Uh, Ara, yeah. Ara Singh, Ara Singh got a mention. Yeah. Um, as with actually, I think they mentioned that Beckett killed her. Was it? Um, yeah, Tobias, Tobias Beckett killed Ara Singh. Yeah. The bar oh, that caused me to do a double take. Yeah. And then the Maelstrom is mentioned as well. Um. Uh, well, actually, the Maelstrom plays a huge role in this movie with the, the cloud surrounding the Kessel Run, right? Yeah. So, um, and then the Maw. I think we talked about the Maw also, Dave, uh, which is that creature that sort of apparently lives in space. Or is that the Black Hole? That's the Black Hole. I think it's the Black Hole. Right? Yeah. Anyway, there's quite a few. Um, go take a it's- look at therap.com. It's called uh, are we, are we, are Eight we Extremely Obscure not, References. Go ahead, Nico. Are, are we not going to mention the fact that Darth Maul with no legs was shown in the film? <laughs> what? Spoiler alert. <laughs> Isn't this entire list a spoiler alert? I suppose. Yeah. yeah. That's a big one, though. You're right. Darth freaking Maul yeah. at the end of that movie. Did, did you guys know that was coming? No. Or were you surprised by it? Totally I was I was surprised, had no idea, and was uh, I was happy to see him show up and and be surprised by it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I did at a couple times during the movie. Every time they mentioned 
an, a person that they were talking to, which was a couple times, I believe, hmm. uh, somebody, there was a contact with another boss. I kept thinking, you know, if they're going to go into that world, there's a whole syndicate of all these different, like, organizations out there. And in the expanded universe, there was uh, the Shadows of the Empire. There was a character by the name of Prince Zizor, I believe. Shizor or something like that. Kind of a green reptilian character um, that runs one of those organizations. I think they actually mention that character, and that's not in that eight extremely um, whatever list that you just showed there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I thought that would have been kind of cool to see that guy pop up. But yeah, Darth Maul, that, yeah. Was, that was pretty awesome. I, I was absolutely dumbstruck. I thought it was so cool to see him on the big screen. And that was Ray Park, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it was. And, and vo- it was... It was um... Uh, Sam Witwer, the yes. guy who does the voice of on all the Clone Wars and Rebels cartoons, doing the voice. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Lieutenant Dan got himself some new legs. <laughs> <laughs> now I know because I've I've uh, gotten many questions about this around the office. Uh, casual fans are very confused by this. Yeah, they're like, he didn't, was kinda, I was he confused. Was chopped for, in half. Last, didn't last I see scene. him? I was fall confused down? for five minutes. I forgot he was on Rebels and Clone Wars. Yeah, didn't I? Didn't we just uh, actually? <laughs> kind of a high level person comes into my office, knocks on the door, and he says, "Can I have a word with you?" And I'm like, "Oh God, what did I do?" Comes and sits down. And he goes, "Now, how is Darth Maul and Han?" So didn't we see him get cut in half? <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, we're gonna have this conversation now." <laughs> it was actually pretty relieving. Um. Well, uh, Nico, if if you don't like Alden, I'm I'm sorry, because we may be getting some more Alden as Han Solo. Maybe there may be some more movies yeah. planned. Maybe, and well, hopefully uh, uh, Kathleen Kennedy pays for some fucking coaching lessons. <laughs> wow, wow. You know, Alden's not going to come on the show if you keep talking about him like that. Maybe she won't I be around for that. I hope he does, so I can just ask him. Like, when you watch the movie Alden. Did Ricky Bobby's interview go through your head at all? Like, did you realize? So, Amelia Clark, who plays Kira on on uh, on in in Solo, of course, uh, appeared on the Hollywood Reporters podcast. It's called Awards Chatter, and they asked her, among other things, um, this question was in reference to. Um, to the offer that she had on the table. Um, what's the movie we mentioned earlier? I'll have to edit this. I can't remember. Damn Genesis? No! The the sexy one. Um, Fifty Shades. Oh, yeah. Fifty Shades. Uh, they asked her about her offer from Fifty Shades of Grey and typically um, how long these offers are in place. And it's one of the reasons she didn't want to take it was uh, she didn't want to be naked the whole time. But the other reason was about having to sign a long-term contract and her response to this question is interesting. Check this out. Which is every studio movie and you're like, well, what if I don't know what I want to do in three years? What if I change my mind? You sign up for three years or three movies? Three movies. And is that... Which, you know, the... you could be six years down the line and they'll go... Yeah, time for your third. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's, is that what's folks. the case with like Star Wars? Are you multiple? Yes, yeah. but it's kind of because it's one of their standalone movies. I have no idea that how really that will manifest itself. Yeah. yeah, and it could be maybe that, you know, this character is... No, I can't say a single thing. I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> but, like, I think it's like an insurance thing you that certain option. studios have where, like, yeah. they have the option of doing that. Right. 
And also it's Star Wars, folks. You know, there's that. <laughs> like, They've really been having a lot <laughs> of, very uh, lucky of me. badass women in Star Wars lately. This is yeah, in that the vein. That's like, you mm-hmm. are, you will, I don't know anything about the character that haven't seen the movie yet, haven't let us see the movie yet. No, of course um, haven't. But you're, you want to give any sort of a tease about what, that will entail? Um, it will entail some seriously good movie watching. Okay. <laughs> it's right. a Star Wars movie. Right. Well, that's a, that's a big thing. <laughs> that's a huge thing. So that was recorded a couple of weeks before the release, but I thought it was interesting because we talked about this two weeks ago, Dave. I think you brought up that they always sign the actors to multiple movies and then essentially buy them out of the contract if it doesn't go well. So I, yes, that sounds like something I would say. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I thought it interesting that here's Amelia Clark saying, yeah, I'm signed for three movies. Now that we've seen Solo and we've seen the fan reaction, and give, granted we have not talked about all these other factors that are at play. I know, Scott, you, you have something to say about this. What do you think the chances are? that we're gonna get that we're gonna get another Han Solo movie with Alden Ehrenreich and Amelia Clark. Well, um, God, that's that's a, a great question, Steve. Here's if you look at it the way it's going right now, with all the press and the publicity and stuff, it makes it look like not just Han Solo, but the Star Wars franchise is doomed. Uh, the thing is, is you know, if they already had this kind of set in motion. Maybe they were jumping the gun on the fact that they were expecting Solo to do so much better that they went ahead and signed or got three movies, uh, or I'm sorry, two more movies in the in the works. <clears throat> then that's great. Um, I honestly, I I had so many thoughts on this, and, and and they start getting so convoluted. So one of the things that got to me was you put a movie like this out in the middle of what's essentially the beginning of summer season for movies and you have two of the biggest uh, movies come out right before it it's gonna make that movie you got black panther and avengers oh no avengers and deadpool oh deadpool as well right yeah Yeah, right before it yeah because black panther came out in what february i believe so well a lot of folks are talking about like superhero fatigue right sci-fi fatigue you think that's a thing it's I, I, I'm going to jump in on this. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Movie fatigue is an actual thing, though. And mm-hmm. yes, they should have thought of that. If you look at the box office mojo statistics, yes, the box office revenue is by and large been trending upwards. But if you look at the ticket sales per year, those are trending downward. Mm-hmm. You have fewer people going to movies or fewer people going multiple times to movies. Right. But we're all paying more for tickets. And that's why the box office goes up. But the number of people going is, is down. Is less. And this is my question. We all gave that movie – we all talked about what we liked about that movie. But has any one of us gone to see it more than once? No. I haven't. I have no plans to because it wasn't enough of a spectacle. I don't say that in a derogatory way, but it wasn't enough of a spectacle that I'm going to spend my money on that knowing that I have more spectacle coming up in The Incredibles 2, Jurassic World – Ant-Man and the Wasp, and that's just in the next, like, four weeks. Not counting, to your point, Scott, that there was Deadpool and Avengers Infinity War a couple of weeks right before. I have limited dollars, and I'm going to spread them out. Mm-hmm. Right, so what, I, what I'm looking at is if you take, minus Black Panther, you take Avengers, and then two weeks later you have Deadpool 2 come out, and one week after that you have Han Solo, 
it almost felt like the people at the marketing and and behind Lucasfilm that were really pushing this movie out there expected this movie to co- go out the gate just like those two movies and make 150 170 million dollars. I think that was the, that was the expectation by Disney. It was yes. around 150 155 I think I heard those numbers. So you go out there expecting that and then they, it it flops. It basically comes out and you know swinging, and it makes eighty two million. It, it, it underperforms. Let's not say flop. It right. underperforms. Right. It's hard to say some some movie that comes out and makes eighty two million dollars over a weekend flops. However, they're going to look at the fact that this is a Star Wars film, where all these other ones are coming out at two hundred million dollars, one hundred eighty five million dollars, uh, and and it just goes on from there. My thing was is as it came out and it was Memorial Day weekend again, a four day weekend. You're getting a three-day movie, a, bo- a weekend box office with that extra bonus day where nobody's going back to school. You're expecting a pretty high turnout. And then the next weekend, you have such a huge drop-off. I think what Disney was expecting was maybe with all the problems, maybe with all the fatigue that you're getting from these big summer action films, plus we just had a Star Wars film in December, so we have less time in between Star Wars films. We are starting to feel... And you know, there's something else I didn't bring up. Maybe there actually wasn't a, a need to have a Han Solo movie. As much as we all enjoyed it, for the most part, uh, minus Nico on this one, maybe people didn't want to really see an origin story on Han Solo. Maybe the fact that we had what we know about him in A New Hope was satisfying to a lot of people. But that could be a, a culmination of all those things in one shot. Now, it underperforms over that weekend. Disney expects... We have nothing going on for another two and a half to three weeks until uh, Incredibles 2 comes out. So here we got three weekends where we can do some great business, and the second weekend it drops, what, 67%, was it, Dave? Something, something close to that. Some About 65, yeah. Okay, it, that's a huge drop-off for a movie like this. I mean, expectations were probably closer to like 55%, maybe, and that's still a pretty big drop-off for the next weekend. Yeah. So we're looking at Deadpool 2 and Avengers just stomping all over this. And again, where is a movie like Deadpool 2 where people... An R-rated comedy superhero movie, basically, dictating what the the box office outcome for Han Solo is. Mm-hmm. And what I think a lot of people were trying to assume or or estimate is that Han Solo would say how much Deadpool 2 was going to make in its second weekend or third weekend. Oh, no, it was second weekend, right? Deadpool 2 came out the week before. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how come a movie like that can make Han Solo lose that much box office? Yeah. You know what the box office drop-off was on Deadpool 2 from week 1 to week 2? I don't. Not off the top 65.4%. Yeah. Hey, here's a fun fact. 19 days in, the original Deadpool made $290 million domestic box office growths. How much money do you think Deadpool Deadpool 2 has made in its 19-day release total? Has it been out for 19 days? It has. Uh, it's domestic. I think it's probably close to 180. It's made 260 million. Oh. So it's underperforming what the original did. Okay, at 200... Oh my god, the sky is falling! No more Deadpool <laughs> movies! Fox is shit! Nobody's gonna buy this studio anymore! Okay, right. I, 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 I get it. I get what you're saying, Dave yeah. and Greg. But, here's the difference. Deadpool is not Star Wars. It's just not. There's a 40-year history, 
and billions of fans around the world that have these expectations. And we're talking about... So now we're going to compare... You're going to put Deadpool and Star Wars at the same level with fandom. I, there's No, no, you cannot... Do that. All right. Well, let's let's just for funsies. And, and let's go with let's go with the Marvel universe as right. an example. Yeah. How much money did Ant Man make domestically? It's the second lowest grossing film out of all the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But how much money do you think it made total domestic? Yeah, domestic. Uh, it had to have been under two hundred. One hundred eighty-three. I'll take a look. Very close. Made one hundred eighty million dollars, and yet. Paul Rudd yes. is the darling of the Marvel movies, and they're making a sequel, Ant-Man and Wasp, coming in three weeks to a theater near you. Yes. Guys, it's just a movie. They're going to keep making it. All these people need to get over themselves. Just get over themselves. Yeah, it's and, fine. And, but it's going to be fine. That was my another, Yeah, go ahead, Nico. Sorry. Uh, another variable I think you need to throw into the Deadpool versus Han Solo juxtaposition. Deadpool's an R-rated film. There's less mm. tickets available to sell and less money available to the movie because of the rating mm-hmm. of the film. Like, they can't sell as many tickets because people can't bring all their kids with them to it. Right. And, like, but, little but... kids aren't going to go in groups to go see Deadpool 2 because they can't. So, so that's not a mm. fair comparison to make. Good point. Good point, Nico. But wait, your point it, then it is... It was the highest grossing R-rated comedy of all time, though. Right. Mm. And that's what I'm saying. It was a harder or R-rated film. R-rated action figure. It, R-rated action movie. It was a harder movie. film to get out and get tickets sold for, and yet it outperformed Solo by, what, $60 million in its opening weekend? My Porg is an R-rated action figure. I'm just I, saying. Do you know that? <laughs> It's starting to get a little nappy looking. What's going on over here? <laughs> He's all flat. Well, Who do you and, call on scruffy looking? And uh, we 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 have so much more to cover, guys. And we oh. are running short on time already. But uh, damn, I I do want to. I have I prepared some notes, and we'll we'll talk about it next week, comparing Star Wars in the Marvel Marvel universe, because I think Marvel is doing one thing much better than Star Wars is. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna sell it a little bit now, but we'll talk about it next week because i think i think there's a crack in the veneer of the star wars universe i don't think it's a huge problem but i think it's a crack that needs to be fixed and uh, maybe we can talk about that next time we just have one other story gotta throw this out there guys we liked a tweet from mark hamill sorry we we retweeted a tweet from mark hamill and he liked it so that pretty much made my life (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And that tweet was, I don't know if you saw this on, uh, you can look it up on Twitter, but uh, Geek Tyrant covered this. These are posters. Geek Tyrant talked about Mark Hamill liking our retweet? (laughs) There are posters that Mark Hamill has that were like defunct Star Wars promotional posters. And some of them are awesome. Here's one uh, covering Buck Rogers, first Buck Rogers, then Flash Gordon, now Luke Skywalker. Uh, the the one that I like the most though is uh, is this one here. It says um, in the year three thousand, when spaceships hurtle through the galaxy beyond the speed of light, and it goes on. Um, in the year three thousand, not a long time ago in a galaxy far far away, yeah. but in the year three thousand. So I thought that was really interesting. Then you've got one that uh, looks the Death Star looks more like a uh, a naval orange. 
squirting something <laughs> yeah. out of the side. That is. <laughs> uh, so there's some pretty there's some pretty uh, choice images here. Check it out on Mark Hamill's Twitter feed or geek geek as yeah geektyrant.com. Have a look. So what was our response? We you know what's re- funny? We just retweeted. Our heart was all a flutter. We retweeted his tweet about this, yeah. and he liked it. The best thing about it, though, is he's the only person that liked that tweet. <laughs> Mark Hamill. <laughs> Talking about tweets. It's the Star Wars Tweet of the Week. Yeah! Really? Curious. Because everybody knows that Twitter is a source of endless positivity. You're gravely mistaken. Come to your senses! Well, uh, there are a few Twitter accounts that are kind of funny. Sometimes. <laughs> Greg, what do you got for us this week? I reached back a little bit this week, Steve. I reached back and I played on Mother's Day is what I did because uh, I found something online from a good old Emperor Palpatine. I don't know if we've checked in with Lord Palpatine in a while, but you can check in with him at, at Lord Palpatine. And he, uh, back on May 8th, Mother's Day, he wrote, Happy Mother's Day, Shmi. You're doing such a great job with your son. Oh, that one didn't work out for him, so he continued on. Happy Mother's Day, Mrs. Organa. I hope you're spending it on Alderaan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that was also good. So he checked in again. He said, Happy Mother's Day to Leia. I hope you have fun with all of your fam. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Did, he, did he tweet at Kate Spade, too? Oh, <laughs> God, no. I did happen to finish up with Lysa Urso, Ly- Lyra Urso saying, without your comp- contribution, we wouldn't be able to decommission Alderaan. Spend this day with your husband. Oh. Your daughter. Oh. Wow. Wow. That's that's just dark. Man. <laughs> oh, that's uh, great. That's great. Uh, it's good to see Emperor Palps out there getting just trying, you know, trying. <laughs> Twitter spreading joy all over the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, man. Well, if you have ever made an inappropriate Kate Spade joke that was way too soon, (laughs) call the Wretched Hive hotline and tell us all about it. 562-455. I think we're losing listeners as we speak. 4483, that's 562-45-HIVE. You can also look us up online at thewretchedhive.net on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. You can tweet at us, Wretched Hive Pod. Got a lot of fun stuff coming up on the show in the next uh, next few weeks. Uh, getting into the summertime, guys. Summer blockbusters are here officially. Cannot wait for... Um... <laughs> We I have can't a year wait and for a half to build up to episode nine, guys. Year. year, year and a half for that. Uh, can't Trixie. wait. Can't wait for the Incredibles. That's Incredibles. what I was trying to say. Ant Man and Wasp. Ant Man and Wasp coming. Lots of good stuff to talk about. And uh, yeah, now we're gonna get a little break with the Star Wars universe. Maybe it'll do some good. Maybe we need a little separation. I think so. I don't know. Absolutely I have a lot to say about that. I just can't get into it right now. There you now. go, Nico. There We're... is some separation that needs to happen from this lifelong fan, and I don't have enough time to talk about it. Wow. I don't. Wow. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, gosh, what episode are we on? Episode 63 is in the books. Guys, final thoughts. I can't wait for Solo Part 2 to come. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Guys, that was a lot of fun. Have a great week, everybody. See Solo again. I've only seen it one time, too. I've tried Same a couple here. times, but just I haven't made it happen. I am going to see it again. I am. Yeah. I think I need to go out and see it again, too. Yeah. Yep. Guys, have I'm a great... Go, Nico, quick! I'm going to buy a ticket for Rampage and then sneak into Solo. May the Force be with us all! <laughs> Come in, I'm... you royal boob! <laughs> I'm pretty sure Ray's ignited a few lightsabers in her day. I just wanted to throw that out there. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God.